My name is Ashley, and this is Let's Talk Dispatch. I do. <laughs> You're gonna do it. Do it really well. And I believe the world needs more dispatchers. In the mud, blood, and beer. Years that I'm not working Fourth of July. So on this show, with the help of my guests, we will educate, empower, and support the heroes behind the headset. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode here on Let's Talk Dispatch with me, Ashley, the Raspy Dispatcher. Hope you all are doing wonderful heading into the holiday season. Hopefully there's not a lot of force mandated overtime and you're able to enjoy some time with your family and friends. My guest today has been dispatching since February of 2023. Yes, you heard that right. That date was not a typo. Uh, they are just getting started. If I consider myself a toddler in dispatching, they are still a baby. And I am so excited to have them on today to talk about their journey and some topics that I know I've experienced. So I know we have all experienced in dispatching, but maybe not not always being uh, willing to admit it out loud, including imposter syndrome. My guest today, Madison. Hi, Madison. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. I'm doing well. We were talking before uh, we got on the recording and you're just coming to an end of a vacation, which is always restful and sad at the same (laughs) same time. Kind of excited to go back, but yeah, yeah we'll, see. we'll see. Exactly. You're like, oh, okay, I'm ready to get a new routine. You're like, oh, why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> so Madison, tell us a little bit about how you got into public safety. It's uh, still a little fresh for you. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, so I come from a law enforcement family. My dad's a lieutenant at Austin Police Department. Um, he's been there for almost 25 years now. Um, but growing up, I just watched my dad and uh, his friends. And um, I just really knew that I wanted to be like them when I got older. I wanted mm-hmm. to help people. I struggled for a while to find where that kind of fit in. Um did some nursing classes, thought about EMS for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, January, right after my birthday, my dad sent me a text message of the posting for mm-hmm. the local 911 center. They were hiring for part-time. He was like, I really think you would like this. Mm-hmm. So from first day, day one, I was in love with it. I was mm-hmm. gun-ho, like, this is where I'm meant to be right now. So that is loved so ever since. Yeah. And, you know, it's always – Interesting when folks come from like the law enforcement background and how like I feel like it there's it's always sounds to me like there's a uh, a light bulb moment for their family too because they're like oh yeah the, you know my my family member is interested in this this and that dispatching you know what I mean yes. like all yeah. of a sudden you know he's been there for twenty five years and you've been kind of you know thinking about what you want to do and then all of a sudden he's like oh. Yeah, dispatching yeah. would be perfect for Madison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's a big supporter in my life. He's always supported me in everything that I did. So when he was telling me, hey, I think you should do this, it's kind of like, oh, maybe I should do this. Yeah. <laughs> so since February of 2023, right? So like super fresh. Love it. Love that. Tr- <laughs> like you, you're just getting your neck. You know, that's what I call it. Yes. Yeah. I tell my family, I'm like, you got a new kid? Uh, when they get their own neck, 
that's when I watch them. I'm not, <laughs> as, not as fragile. Um, yeah. But how has the job been for you? How has getting into this role been? It's been an awesome experience. Um, obviously, every day is a learning experience. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of older dispatchers share that experience as well, that every day is a learning experience. You learn something new. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been really great to just be learning and build relationships with those you work with, with your officers, your firefighters, mm-hmm. your your EMS people. It's It's been an awesome experience. Awesome. So you dispatch all three, police, fire, yes. and medical? Yeah. Yep. And what did the training look like for you? How did they have that set up for you folks? So I actually just started full-time at another agency, um, and the training between the two <laughs> has been so different. Um, going from a smaller agency to a little bit larger agency, mm-hmm. um, they're both ran very different, and mm-hmm. both of them are great. They're awesome agencies. I love working with both. Um at first, though, with uh, my part-time job at Scott County, um, you you sit with people and you kind of learn. You sit with the CTO and you listen to their calls and go through that with them. And then it's like one day they're like, "Okay, here you go. Like I'm gonna say, I'm gonna be here with you." But you like, are you sure? You <laughs> are you sure? Like, You're should sure? I answer that? <laughs> Do I work here? Yeah. You sure I'm not just sitting listening? Like, like here, I work. Yeah, that's um, awesome. It's, it's been really great. And so you said you you worked part time um, for one agency, and you're going to a big one. And I lateraled from a larger agency to to essentially a smaller agency. And you mentioned how they they do the job so differently or the trainings handled so differently. And it's always mind blowing to me and people who are, who haven't lateral between agencies or haven't moved between agencies might not realize just how significant that moment is because you're like, I swear I know how to do this job at least a little bit. Like I I know what I'm doing. Right. (laughs) And then you go into this new training program and you're just like, what is happening? Nine one one. This is actually. I mean, what's your? I mean, you know, like there's that yes. moment where you just feel like you you're not getting it anymore. You know, I feel like it's a lot different for me as well as because my part time job is my hometown. Mm-hmm. So I've grown up there, been there my entire life. I know every nook and cranny of that county. Like <laughs> you want to talk about Quick Creek Road or something like that? Absolutely. Like. Yeah. But you go to a larger agency, and there's some of them is like, how do you spell that? <laughs> like, oh what road are you on? Where are you? Yes. Um, so geography is definitely so different. And it's been a little bit of a learning curve for me. I was like, oh, I'll be fine. You know, we have maps. We have, mm-hmm. you can type in the address. But even at that, it's your cross streets and everything. Mm-hmm. It's You really have to take time to look at it. And it is so true. I remember one of my early calls at my new agency. We have a street in the city that's pronounced Tarmigan. And I kept spelling it with a T Tom. No, it's a people. And I was like, what? I it. why is that? Why is that even there? <laughs> yep. And you don't really know until you deal with it, you know? Yes. And, you know, you're dealing yeah. with it in the worst moment. It's not like a simple call. It's, it's like, not a simple call. <laughs> it's a reckless driver. It's, you know, like something, it's a 1050. Like it's, yeah. it's something bad. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember any of your first calls or early calls for service? 
I don't remember my first call. I wish I didn't because people ask all the time. They're like, oh, have you got any crazy calls? Have you got any like bad calls? And I'm like, I don't remember what I ate for breakfast. Like, <laughs> Step it back here. Um, I do remember one. It was a juvenile problem. And mm-hmm. she asked for my name or my badge number, mm-hmm. which um, we can give out our names if we feel comfortable with it. But mm-hmm. they mostly prefer us to give out badge numbers if somebody asked. Yeah. So I gave it to her. And at the time, I was D18. And mm-hmm. every time she would call back, she would ask for me. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm never giving anybody my badge number again. <laughs> it is so true. And they'll be like, what's your first name? And I'll give my first name. I'll call Ashley. What's your last name? My badge number is. <laughs> yeah, my last name. Yeah. Hold up now. Okay. Okay. Now I heard the full government. I mean, it's public <laughs> record, but let's make you work for it a little bit. Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> make you call my director. <laughs> You're not going to go Facebook me. Right? <laughs> so imposter yeah. syndrome. Such a real this- thing. What was your experience with that and how did you overcome this feeling, still overcoming this feeling, maybe? um, What was that process like for you? Before we continue, we wanted to take a moment to thank our partners at Prepared. You can learn more about the awesome support and technology Prepared provides to first responders by heading to prepared 911 Partners like Prepared help to continue our mission of supporting, empowering, and educating the heroes under the headset. You can learn more about our resources and partnerships by heading to theraspydispatcher.com. Now let's get back to the show. So I look back on it now and I feel like I felt mostly like it like I had imposter syndrome that kind of thing because I was part-time with another full-time job Mm. working in social work um so I get my barons here together (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I was always looking at it like oh I'm just here part-time like I just Mm. fill in like I'm what I'm doing is not important or the calls that I'm taking don't matter for me in the long run Hmm. or they shouldn't affect me in the long run. Cause I'm only here part time. Hmm. Like what use am I here other than when somebody calls in? Um, And I feel like a lot of that also came with um, trophying traumas Hmm. as some, some people do that. It's, I watched a whole TikTok thing on it. Um, he was a motivational speaker for law enforcement officers. And it, like, it mm. pops up on my TikTok all the time now that I first talked about it to <laughs> my friends. Um, but he was talking about how some you know, veterans, not just in dispatching, but in corrections or in law enforcement or just in any public safety kind of field, mm. take their traumas and when someone newer comes to them and they're like, Hey, this, this is really bothering me. It turns into a, well, until you've done CPR on a baby or until you've heard Mm. so-and-so dying on the phone or like somebody's screaming, like some kind of big trauma that you've experienced. And until you've done that, don't talk to me or Mm. don't come, don't come to me. Mm. And I feel like, actually had this happen on Halloween. Oh, no. (laughs) My girl, Amelia, if you're watching, you know what I'm talking about. My partner, Amelia. Um, (laughs) But it's, if when we trophy our traumas, we 
kind of push others away from us, especially newer mm-hmm. dispatchers or newer anyone to any sort of public safety field. And those are the people we need to be supporting because mm-hmm. of turnover rates and suicide mm-hmm. rates and just mm-hmm. mental health in general is so important in all aspects of public safety mm-hmm. and especially the departments that kind of get looked over. Mm-hmm. Talking about mm-hmm. dispatch. Here. <laughs> I can also talk about corrections, but this is not let's talk about corrections. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be too long. Maybe it'd be too yeah. long. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can go a whole two hours. We can talk about it. But I feel like my imposter syndrome kind of came from that because mm. here I am six months into the job. And yeah, I've had those tough calls. I've had calls that have stayed with me. I've had the nightmares. I've had the hey, can I sit down and talk to you with my directors and, you know, people that are close to me that I look up to. Um, but I feel just sometimes there are people on the outside, especially, you know, maybe some more seasoned dispatchers or just people in general that kind of push younger, younger babies like me mm-hmm. away in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not really until recently that I kind of sat back and realized that like, I know what I'm doing for the most part. Of course, I'm learning. Everybody's learning. And of course, I can be better. But it's not till really recently that I sat back and I was kind of like, hey, I'm a first responder. Like, I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of came. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. No, 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 no. You're fine. (laughs) Okay. I was like, that kind of came after a conversation. So my boyfriend works for the DOC. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had went to a baseball game sponsored by the DOC and went over and hung out with some friends afterwards. Mm -hmm. And a wonderful woman who used to be the DOC. Now she's a deputy warden. Love her to death. (laughs) Uh, She, uh, her and I were talking and um, she had kind of broke off of the conversation with my boyfriend, Drew. And then she kind of circled back around at me and I don't remember what they were talking about, but she looked at me and she was like, I'm sure you can relate. And that to me is, I was like, Oh wait, like me, like you're talking to me about what I do. Like, (laughs) and it was something they had responded to at work, but she was like, I'm sure you can relate how that feels. Mm. And I'm like, I do. Mm. And you just acknowledged it. Yeah, That's so weird. Yeah, It, It was, it was weird. But then that's kind of from then on, I sat back and I was kind of like, I can relate to this. Mm-hmm. I do know what like this feels like. Like, I'm not just putting on some show telling everybody, oh, I'm a 911 yeah. dispatcher. I am a 911 dispatcher. Heck yeah. But, totally. And being recognized by, you know, someone who's in the field, but, you know, at a different branch or a different, yeah. you know, uh, vi- uh, venue. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you um, mean. They... They them understanding means that they're spreading the message as well that yes. dispatches are first responders. You know what I mean? Yes. So when they're yeah. not in the room with you, they're having those conversations with people as well, which is super helpful to our our cause and our um, absolutely our department. You know, mm-hmm. um, as someone in those high rankings and in other departments as well, acknowledge our our existence and our importance um, in the public safety field. Um, but I, I do want to go back to, you, you brought up so many good things. I have little notes here. Um, is the idea that what we say it all the time in dispatch, right? Like uh, the older, older folks who've been doing this, like eat, eating our young, you know, like, and we really need to get away from that mentality. Um, 
as well as looking at dispatch in a sense of we want people in the door 40 plus hours a week for 90 years you know like yeah. it we we love those people we we need those people as well and those those folks are great in our department mm-hmm. but but we're also we need the per diems. We need the part-timers. You know, yes. we need the folks who are going to do five years and then use this this experience to go do the thing that they love. Like, we need all of those pieces yes. pouring in our, into our department. I've learned how important part-timers and per diems are being at my smaller agency. Because a yes. lot of times when I needed that time off and there's only, I don't know, 10 other dispatchers to help me out, and they're not available. Like I hit at that part time or that per diem, they're gonna come through for me. You know, Absolutely, like yeah, they're, they're so yeah. important. You know, like so, careers don't look the same anymore. And I think historically, yeah. um, public safety. You know, we're we're a little etched in that older way of uh, thinking. You know, this loyalty, like stay here forever, and ah, and. Yeah. It doesn't need to be all that, you know, we need part-timers, we need per DMs, we need folks who've been five years in and then go out. We need folks who are here for their entire career. All of those things pour into our department. Absolutely. And like the idea that, oh, they're part-time here, they must want to go full-time. I know Mm -hmm. some awesome, awesome dispatchers that are part-time with me that, you know, work at doctor's offices or like this is their only job, but like they just do it on the side because it's something they enjoy. Mm -hmm. It's, it's something that it's careers. I I agree with you to say careers do not look the same anymore. Yeah. They just don't. Yeah. And I mean, I just love hearing about, like, obviously, the world needs more dispatchers. I'm trying to get folks in the door. Um, but I always try to be real transparent with people. Like, this this could be a career forever. This could be a five-year thing. This, But at the end of the day, the important thing is that you're here and you're happy and you're thriving, right? And if yes. you're not doing that, I don't want to keep you in something or, you know, a raspy dispatcher got me in a dispatcher. Now I hate it. Like, I don't want that. You know, (laughs) we want, we want folks to be happy and thriving. We want departments to have staff. Um, Absolutely. And we're going to, you know, with our unique family and a little duct tape, we're going to put it all together and give people some Maybe time. Maybe a lot of duct tape. Duct tape and caffeine. Maybe that's a new sticker we need. You know, that's how we're running. I'd buy one. Duct tape and caffeine. <laughs> um, um, another thing you brought up um, when we're talking about, you know, uh, trauma Olympics, trauma trading, and is the idea that, They've only been doing this for this long, so they can't have trauma. You know, it's just not true. I mean, it is not true. My first phone call could be the call that changes my life. You know, like, yeah, I I remember when I went through training, they tricked us. um, And I've told the story on here before, but basically they brought us out to the floor to teach us the the phone system. Ours was Vesta. They're like, oh, this is where you go fire. This is where the call drops, blah, 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 blah. They came out and they were going to do a walkthrough. And then you're like, all right, yeah, cool. They're like, okay, plug in. We're going to answer phones. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like 911? And they're like, yeah, we're going to plug in for a little bit. And they just did it. So 
when you go into the on the floor training, we had like a hot week in Academy. And so you weren't like scared out your mind. You at least answered one call, you know, but that call, I think mine was like a cold two two eleven, like a cold robbery, but it, it could have been a, it could have been, it could have been yeah. something that was popping, you know, like it could have been. Absolutely. Every single call has the the ability to just be this life changing moment. So the idea that new kids are you know can, couldn't have taken a trauma call is just it's a wild thought. It's a wild. It thought. is. Yeah, absolutely. I do remember my first nine one one. Um, so it was with my smaller agency, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, because I've only been at this slightly larger agency for about a month and a half now. Mm-hmm. Um, but my first 911 with my part-time agency, both my partners were on a 1050, which is an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a third one came in and they were like, you have to answer it. You have to do it. She was like, snap it at me point. And she's like, answer it, Madison, answer it. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And I answered it. And I'm like, 911, what's the address of your emergency? And it was the same 1050. However, mm-hmm. it very well could have been something different. Mm-hmm. And that's... It's just interesting. I remember that moment. It's wild. It, I just had someone um, a couple episodes ago. They were like the same. They were there on a sit-along. Yeah. And they had them answer the non-emergency number. And it was like back in the day, you know, they've been dispatching forever. And so there was like a direct line in the dispatch for yeah. their local local town. Yeah. And they were like, who is this? And they're like, oh, you know, I'm I'm here, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm new type of thing, you know. And it's just this there on a sit-along. Well, yeah, well, I'm down on blah, 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 Fork Road. And there's a there's a dead body tied to this tree on the non-emergency line yes. during a sit-along. And yes. it was like, what? please hold. I think you guys need to pick this up. Yeah, I think somebody you else know? needs to take this over. <laughs> I I work night shift at this new agency mm-hmm. and I went I got Welcome. off work it was the morning time <laughs> oh yeah I love it actually it's been actually really great for like my lifestyle and my mm-hmm. mental health and all that which you don't hear that usually I night thrive on drinks it's amazing I have to work a day shift overtime tomorrow and I'm dreading it <laughs> you know I dread that for you I have to work not ready for it but I got off the night shift and I went up to my part-time job to talk to a couple of my friends that were there and you know just kind of see how things were playing out and mm-hmm. as we're sitting there an non-emergency call comes in the new girl answers it it's a medical mm-hmm. call it was a fall at mm-hmm. Walmart and she asked for the name of the patient and it'll be my grandfather oh my god and we were like like just oh, looking no. back and forth to each other because the CTO was on the line. And as soon as they said the name, she swung around. She looked at me and she said, you need to go. <laughs> yeah, I need to go. Hops in uh, the ambulance, rolls up. Hey, Pops. Uh, what's yeah. up? <laughs> I just, I just followed, followed him right there. I pulled up and one of the paramedics got off the truck and I was like, hey, how are you? And he was like, oh, hey figured you'd be here (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's so funny when we because we talk about it um i've always talked about a little bit in my training which is what do you do when you take a call that you know you know or you're related to you hear stories about dispatchers like providing cpr to their kids over the phone and like doing all these crazy things and you know Mm -hmm. um sometimes your your training just activates but 
you know, those things happen, especially when you dispatch where you work, you know? Oh, absolutely. Or like taking a DV, your neighbor's DV call. And like, you know, you know, the business, I mean, all these things that, that we're privy to because of the, the roles we're in, in our, our communities. Absolutely. My first death call was actually one of my preschool teachers. So Mm -hmm. it's sitting there and of course you don't know if you can't, the caller was her husband. He was hysterical. Like Mm -hmm. I did my best to get everybody out code three and then like couldn't get him to do CPR, just Mm -hmm. screaming. And, um, like they got there and they ran their own ends and I was like, Oh, well, this is fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So something definitely, you know, work through, but working somewhere where you live, it's, it's always a possibility. And that Mm -hmm. was something that, uh, my my director my deputy director when i was interviewing and talking with them they were very clear on they were like you live here you've grown up here your entire life like yeah the director has been on the police department with my dad for several years as a reserve Mm -hmm. officer so he was like i've known you since you were diapers like Mm -hmm. i know you're from here i know you know people here you're Mm -hmm. gonna get that call and um they were very supportive through the entire process and Mm -hmm. It also helps to have great directors and yeah. great shift lieutenants, that kind of thing. It's yeah, yeah. No, it definitely goes a long way. I mean, it makes the whole experience a different, different, right? And in, in such it a does. positive way. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. And so you went from working where you live, knowing the geography, knowing all that, mm-hmm. to going to a new larger county how did you manage how are you managing learning the geography what are your like tips and tricks for folks who are who are struggling with um you know learning a new place a new way of doing uh the same job absolutely um so in the larger agency we use spillman which i actually enjoy i know some people don't like spillman but i like spillman um and when you put in an address and you have to validate it it gives you two cross streets and then you also have this building map and um, they use several other map systems as well. It's kind of crazy how many maps I have, but <laughs> it's been nice. Uh, so most of that is, especially when it's a police call and, you know, you might have to stage EMS, that kind of thing. Um, mm. I like to go in and I like to scroll in and I like to look at all my cross streets. So it's like, if I need a unit to respond from, you know, the north, like I'm going to tell them to go this way. Or if I need mm. EMS to stage, you know, a couple blocks away, I'm going to tell them to stage here. Mm. And it's been really beneficial for me because, it, you know, you get those frequent calls, those frequent places. I'm not mm. having to ask for help quite as much because I'm looking at all of these different subdivisions Mm. and um, something during our orientation that the director had mentioned and she was like if you hear a street one night that you don't know or one day that you don't know and you're like where's that go and drive to it put it in your Mm. GPS and go and Mm. I've done that a couple times (laughs) so it's been it's been nice yeah you know it's true we did um we did like a geography tour um, at my agency where we pile into one of our undercover detective vans. So that's fun. Oh, um, that is fun. <laughs> and then we would drive around the city and like go to these different sectors and areas that we might not normally go to. But so, you know, you've been looking at maps all, all of training. You've been looking at CAD screens and then yeah. you get out into the city and you're able to kind of see 
these places yeah. that are hot zones in our in our city. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really just helps help something click, you know, when when people yes. are calling, you know. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, the wiener snitzel on the corner next to the, you know, yeah. Or the Yes, absolutely. Something that's really great about this new agency as well, I haven't done it yet, but you eventually will do like a ride along with a police officer for a that's shift so and then they show you kind of things and show you the popular areas. Mm-hmm. So we do something similar. We're just not in an undercover van. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, um, I love ride alongs. Uh, I think there's such a beneficial part of training. If your department doesn't do them, consider doing them. Um, a, you get to know your officers, um, which Absolutely. goes such a long way. I mean, at my larger agency, i really only knew my officers by their call sign and their ability to take paper calls. And that gave me a hard time about it. <laughs> my new agency, I know their life story. I know their kids' names. I know like all of these yeah. things. So <clears throat> getting to write along with them and just kind of see the city with them really does go a long way. And um, as far as creating that relationship between the patrol and dispatch, as well as- Absolutely me getting to see their struggles, right? Like if I send them to a call in sector three, you know, um, they're like, well, yeah, you guys are mad that I'm not getting there fast enough, but look at all this traffic and like these things that you don't yeah. really, you're like, they'll look that far on the map. I don't know why you're not, <laughs> yes. yeah. but just things like that. They're like, we have this like retirement community on our in our jurisdiction, but you have to go out of our jurisdiction to get into it. And it's just like these nuances that the map doesn't really show you yeah. that the officers can walk you through the things that they're dealing with. Absolutely. And mm. I feel like I haven't quite grasped some of that sh- struggle for mm. a large agency kind of yet. I don't know, like <laughs> Australia in there for a second. Um, <laughs> But especially with my part-time agency, um, with my dad being kind of involved for as long as he has, I know most of the officers, I know most of their families, um, Mm. may not know them on like such a personal level. They're like, oh, you're Greg's daughter. Like, I know who you are. Yeah. Um, And I know him well enough to be like, oh, you're Mm so-and-so from, you know, the sheriff's office. But And with that smaller agency, I feel like you see a lot more of officers coming in and out, asking if you need anything, or just coming in and out in general, mm-hmm. uh, which has been kind of nice. And then uh, with it's a larger so agency. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. <laughs> it is, yeah. With the larger agencies, you do still see officers quite a bit, um, because that is their station, their home station as well. Um versus how smaller agency they all have their own kind of departments but mm-hmm. we're right there with the sheriff's office so they're in and out and it's it's nice to meet them in passing and mm-hmm. i've gotten to talk to a few of them but it's it's different because some of them at my part-time agency have known me since diapers so it's it's, <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing that you remember me like that right like, don't tell anybody i actually never wore diapers you know i was no, just came I, out knowing what to do yes. <laughs> I came out 22. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's so true. Like, I know there's a weird, we can do weird, weird grounds with, you know, patrol and uh, dispatch and, you know, Mm -hmm. wanting wanting this coffee and, you know, things like that. But 
Look, officers, it is so helpful when you go to your Dunkin' Donuts, if you think of me, because I can't leave my desk. So, <laughs> like, you want to walk down to down to Warrior's Den and bring me back a cappuccino. I'm not going to be mad. Yeah, like a bug in my room. Sorry, everybody. I'm like trying not to be attacked. Where did you come from? My door was even closed. Okay, we're going to get that later. <laughs> we're going to ignore that for now. Okay, right? that's fine. And it always looks so big on my screen. That's why I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yes, officers, units, bring, bring us some coffee because we can't leave our desk and it gets or lonely. And <laughs> Chick-fil-A or something. A snack, you know, I'm a, when they bring donuts, I'm, I'm not a dispatcher. I'm like, I should have I been a cop because <laughs> my, my love for donuts, when I walk in and I see that pink box, I'm like, yes, I am loved. You Somebody know, thought about me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So you're settling in at, at your new job. What is, what do you think your favorite part of dispatching is as far as, you know, you're doing it all? Do you prefer one of the three? Is there a preference you have? Um, as far as the larger agency, I haven't quite figured that out yet, but mm-hmm. um, I do enjoy working EMS and EMD. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something I found that I really like yeah. <laughs> as far as a part-time job goes. Uh, both agencies use different EMD certifications, mm-hmm. so I have to recertify. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not quite there yet with that mm-hmm. one. Um I do miss it. So when I work part-time, I'm like, give me all the medical calls. Oh my God. Hey man, that's, I could never, you know, <laughs> like I just, <laughs> people start throwing up. I'm like, hold on, let me chance for you now. Then keep that in there. Let me, I can't help you. Let me get over to someone who can, who can help you because yeah. medical calls are so challenging because there's so much emotion. Like, mm-hmm. That not that there isn't emotion in like policing, but the 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 need is different, right? So like if I'm yeah. dealing with a shooting call, I need you to tell me who did it. I need you to tell me what they look like, what direction, yeah. what kind of gun. I mm-hmm. that's my need, and I'm gonna work through the hysterics as quickly as I can to get that, and then get you over to medical. Yeah, but then medical has to pick up all that emotion and get mm-hmm. get this person on scene to start helping their loved ones and that's such a task and you know it's not one that I prefer to want to do I don't you know if I have to volunteer for it I would not I put my hand out I don't want to do it you know it's do you find that challenging do you enjoy that challenge is that what kind of draws you to that I think it is the challenge, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it is frustrating when you have a caller that either can't help or is too emotionally distraught to help, or you have those callers that are just so hyped up that they don't understand why you're asking questions. Mm-hmm. They're the, you know, just get somebody here, or why are you asking me that? Like, I already told you this because, you know, you do have some portions of EMD or some certifications of EMD that you have to follow their scripts. You have to ask mm-hmm. all of their questions exactly mm-hmm. how they are. And then you have some other ones that are a little bit more lenient with what they'll cover you liability wise as, mm-hmm. as far as what you say over the phone. Um, so that is kind of, it is a struggle. It is, mm-hmm. but I think for me, it's 
not necessarily that I don't feel like that I'm helping with police calls. It's I feel like I am more of an asset, more helpful with medical calls. Mm -hmm. I I feel like for me, it goes back to kind of that imposter syndrome that like, Mm -hmm. oh, I am doing something. I'm helping. Mm -hmm. That hands-on aspect of it, that virtual, virtual hands-on aspect of it, that you're an extension of, of the caller type of thing. For sure. I mean, yeah, like I said, I just, it would be, I would find it so difficult, you know, to, it's, it's just such a unique uh, role in dispatching and we need more folks to do it. And, you know, people are delivering babies on the side of roads and blizzards and, you know, all over the phone. Like <laughs> My CTO, Amelia, who's one of my very good friends now, um, she says that the day that she delivers a baby is the day that she quits. The day she, she's done. <laughs> she's like, give me the stork pin. I'm getting out of here. Like, that's all. I've all done it all. I'm out. Yes. I'm good. It's over. <laughs> super proud of her. She got super close to it. And if the person delivering hadn't been in town, if they'd been out in the county, she would have got it. Uh, <laughs> she was so close. That is going to be working like, you want me to put this on hold? I think they're crowning. You want to take it over? You want, you want it? <laughs> I'll let you have it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hilarious. Yes. Let's see. Um, we talked about imposter syndrome. We talked about what it was like going from smaller agency to larger agency. Um, as far as longevity in dispatch and, you know, you, you have this, uh, history of uh, family history of being in law enforcement and, and I'm sure you've, uh, you know, got some good nuggets from, from your dad and, and their friends. And what is a, a longevity in this career look like for you? When we talk about mental health, we talk about managing the trauma we're hearing. Um, what are some things you think that you started implementing from, you know, your first call being so early in this to really help you stay in it as long as you want to stay in it? I feel like being able to speak to my dad about some of it, you know, obviously confidentially. Um, Mm -hmm. And then when the boyfriend kind of came into my life, he Mm -hmm. with a DOC, you know, they go through that kind of trauma Mm -hmm. as well. Um, It it's been about surrounding myself with people of, you know, similar situations and then Mm -hmm. making those good connections longevity wise like i i feel like i'm gonna be a career dispatcher like i'm in the chair now i'll die in the chair it's fine (laughs) Um, i always like to say that i think i'm where i'm meant to be for right now because Mm -hmm. i thought that a couple years ago um my previous career was in banking i was in banking for four years switched Mm -hmm. to social services for a while and i was always in my head I was like I'm gonna be in banking forever like Mm -hmm. you know I'll get out of this teller phase and then I got out of the teller phase and I got into the more customer service opening accounts that kind of thing and I was like oh you know eventually one day I'll go to mortgage lending and then I started dispatching and I was like you know I really kind of hate this nine to five crap (laughs) like I really don't like banking. I think I'm just mm-hmm. here because it's what's considered to be a, a good, stable job. Mm-hmm. And careers, as we were talking about earlier, have changed so much. Mm-hmm. That it's like, what is what even is the definition of a good job anymore? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people that work, you know, in the food service industry 
those mm-hmm. are good jobs. They make good money. They're thriving. They're doing what they can. You know, of course, I believe everyone is underpaid. Oh, living. Not living is through the roof. Hey, look, we um, out here in California. <laughs> girl, you got it rough. Here Man, I am talking about here. crap here from Indiana. I don't. Girl, I think my gas prices are bad. <laughs> but it's. For me, is longevity wise, I'd I'd like to be in this career for a long time. That's awesome. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think you're definitely on the right track. I mean, I guess having a circle of people who get it and can relate. Yes. Um, and really, you know, for folks whose partners and stuff are not in the field in any shape or form, really having that conversation. I mean, me and my partner, we sometimes I'm just like. Honey, get to the point. Like you're you're taking too long. Like, <laughs> like it's this. Like, story. like I don't need your life story. Tell me what the problem is. What's the problem? And then like I can feel it like inside of me. Like they're like really like building it up. And I'm like, okay, you got me for like two more minutes. Like, like I, I gotta get there because <laughs> my attention span for this is like this long. Like just give me something here. <laughs> yeah. But having those, you know, real conversations about how, you know certain things kind of affect our personal lives and mm-hmm. and you know we all need a therapist so if you're looking you're out there and you're like i don't know if i need to it's it's okay even if you don't Absolutely. have some big traumatic you know little things yeah. little 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 pebbles in a bucket start to get heavy you know yes so, absolutely so we absolutely we all need, we all need someone to talk to, you know, we don't necessarily want to just trauma dump on our partners and families, you know, so <laughs> it's okay to have, have some therapist and therapy. We all need it. So it's, yeah. it's, it's okay to trauma that. dump on your therapist. It's it, okay. That's what we pay them for. You know? Exactly. <laughs> and hopefully they have a therapist. Hopefully they're practicing what they preach, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, Madison, yeah. it has been wonderful chatting with you and i'm going to ask you the question that i ask everybody at the end of my show which is what advice would you give someone who's considering a career in dispatch do it absolutely do it even if you get in it and you're here for six months and you hate it at least you can say you've done it awesome totally 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 true give it a shot (laughs) absolutely well, again, Madison, thank you so much for being willing to jump on the show, um, especially being so new, you know, in dispatching. I know a lot of folks are like, I'll jump on when I have a little more experience. But this this part of your career is so important to hear from as well. And I know um, folks who are just getting into training, just getting through training, uh, appreciate hearing from someone who is so fresh in the game, you know. Well, I've really enjoyed my time here and I've enjoyed listening ever since I found you on Facebook. I've been a long time listener, so it's been great to actually jump on. Awesome. I really appreciate it. Madison, I'll be right back with you. Okay. Thank you. All right, everyone. That was another amazing episode here on let's talk dispatch. You know, like I told Madison, we need to hear from everyone in the field, whether you're just getting into it. Um, I know earlier in when I just started this podcast, I talked to someone who only dispatched for three weeks um, before they decided to move on to something else. So 
Everyone has a story to tell, no matter what part of the journey of dispatching you are currently in, whether you're just getting your neck or you're on your way out the door. Um, you have a, show, a story to share, and we want to hear about it here on Let's Talk Dispatch. Um, of course, you can head over to the raspydispatcher.com to be a guest, as well as submit a written story online if you're not really wanting to come <laughs> in virtual person to have the conversation. You can always submit a story at the raspydispatcher.com that I'll end up sharing on some mini-sodes that we're working on here. Um, of course... Like, subscribe, tell a friend. Uh, until next time, everybody, stay raspy. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Let's Talk Dispatch, a Raspy Dispatcher production. If you like the podcast, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave a five-star review, and of course, tell a friend. If you want to be a guest, head to the raspydispatcher.com and check out our additional resources. Until next time, stay raspy, everybody.